But before we dive in, I just want to remind our listeners about an advertiser we've had a couple times recently. I want to mention them again, and it's Napkin. You can go find Napkin uh, at nap.kn, nap.kn. It's an app for uh, image markup and annotation for OS X. It runs beautifully on Yosemite. The most recent update, 1.5, which was free to anybody who ever owned Napkin before, uh, makes it even easier. I just used it recently because I wanted to share with somebody a screenshot of my calendar to show how packed and shitty my calendar looked. And I didn't <laughs> want to reveal what all of my meetings were, so I used its new um, redaction tool to blur out, <laughs> pixelate the actual names of some of my meetings so that I could complain about being busy while not showing exactly what those meetings were because they were all like podcast this, record this podcast, record that podcast, so this way it wasn't obvious that I was not working. Uh, but Napkin is really easy to use. I have multiple times on this show described it as like if Apple made an app for you know annotating images and markup and whatnot, or and it was even better. And they have a thing called a file pip, and if you don't love an app with a file pip, you don't love life. So go to nap.kn right now, and let's start the show. They don't yet have an app for the watch. Man, he's bossy today, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Jeez. We'll start the show. They don't have an app for the watch, but you can take screenshots on your watch. And then... Yes, but they don't show up on your watch. They show up on your phone. Yeah, I know. But still, you can <laughs> which, get them. On which you can favorite them so they show up back on your watch <laughs> if you are so inclined. Or you could probably write some sort of crazy <laughs> automator action. <sighs> The interesting watch conversation I saw this past week since we last spoke was that we prefer the term watch version. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> that the, the what they call the home screen right now, the the carousel of progress, um, is stupid and maybe not necessary. The carousel of progress, <laughs> the, the home screen, the one with all your little icons, Why? the apps. Okay, so yeah, explain that to me. I heard. I think I heard some of that too. I, but I'm not I saying it's my opinion. I'm saying I read yeah. it on Twitter. Um, <laughs> But so <laughs> it's impossible to distinguish those two things. Yeah, that you, but, you would just you would just have glances, right? That Jason Snell, I think, was actually saying maybe you only need glances. Um, because, no, you know, no, Jason, right. no, right? He, he's bad. But so I don't know. The idea was like on every other iOS device, of which there are I don't know two or three. Couple, you, there's a couple, depending on how you count the Apple TV. You get mm-hmm. the icons on your home screen, but on mm-hmm. this thing on the watch, you get the clock as your main screen like you turn it on you're gonna look at the watch face and so like well this shouldn't the other thing shouldn't be called the home screen because it's not where you go when you go home it's something else and then this drives me crazy this shit just drives me crazy break it down why why are you crazy it's just a bunch of nerds (laughs) (laughs) arguing over nothing (laughs) yeah i'm not a big fan of the actual interface for navigating apps Um, no i like it i think it's cool and a, a, I just, I just happen to like it. I think it's neat. But even if I didn't like it, what, like, I'm gonna flip <laughs> sideways through every damn app no, until I no get sense. to the remote control that I want? I mean, what? I, well, no, no, I could no, imagine. No, I, I could imagine that it would be <laughs> yes, a list John. instead, like just a list of all your apps that you could scroll through with the wheel or by, you know, swiping. That because most of the time, most of the things I'm doing, I'm using Siri. So I could imagine that they could just have like, or at least a, an alternative view that's not as weird. Because I, I agree with you, this one looks cool, but it reminds me of magnification on the dock, which I also turn off on every Mac I have. 
uh, it's in that it looks it's, cooler than it is it, to use. Well, see, it's interesting too because I noticed the other day I wasn't really thinking about it. It's like you think of things shrinking as you like as you scroll away from them and they get too close to the edge, the icons get smaller. And I realized, oh, you're actually just kind of rotating like a sphere almost. It's like a globe made out of made out of little icons. Um, but I, I agree it's not the most wieldy interface. Uh, <laughs> Can you say that? I thought things could only be unwieldy. Can they be wieldy too? Sure. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I would not. I would choose not to wield this interface. They can now. Um, yes, like the hammer of Thor. Yeah. Uh, and it's... I don't know what that means. I know, seen it. I know. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I don't know what the alternative is. A list of apps seems okay. See, the problem with both of those no. things is neither of them scale very well. Yeah, like, exactly. And, and, and this is the problem with the big problem with the current app layout is I, I think if you have, you know, a dozen or 20 apps, maybe that's fine. But if you have 50 to 100 apps, you start running into problems. Um, so folders is the answer is what I'm saying. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I don't know. Is the is, is the alternative doing something like using Siri to launch apps? Because I, I don't mind Siri on the Apple Watch, but I think that would be ridiculous. I would not want that. If that as the only as the main way of getting sure. to apps, yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm what I'm saying is a list. Give me just uh, as an no. alternative to the no. icons here. Give me a list of app names so that I can remember them when I want to use Siri to launch them. No. <laughs> well, and, and on the on my iOS device, on my on my phone or my uh, iPad, I end up using Spotlight a lot to launch apps because I have right. apps buried in folders. There's, that does not work. Period on the Apple Watch because there is no Spotlight and. There's no way to type, so you're basically screwed, right? <laughs> you're just um, typing into random keyboards, hoping something happens on your Apple Watch. <laughs> or just telling it things randomly. Oh, sure. Launch thing. Yeah. <laughs> what is that app? The app with the green circle icon. Does it work? Does it work? I haven't even tried Siri to launch apps, frankly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you can tell it to launch, like, the remote. Oh, hells yeah. Okay, all right. I don't, yeah. I think my biggest issue is that I the, can't the amount, out... Okay, the, the amount of eye rolling that my wife would do if I started talking to my watch <laughs> that much would be just unbearable. I couldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be able to live in the house anymore. Well, that's fine. You'd have your watch. You don't need to live in the house anymore. <laughs> See, my, I think my primary complaint is that I can't figure out the right way to organize the app screen. And people keep talking about it. I know it does because it's really annoying this way. I hate every app that's on the edge because it's like, what is that one? I can't tell. I don't know. It's really hard to scroll over there. I you, hear put, you. you put the ones you like the most around the I've, middle. I have literally, literally moved one app. And that yeah, is I have because not. I, I've removed a few, and I don't think I've made it any better, but I don't the, think I've made it any worse either. Yeah, directly next to the clock on the right was, by default, I believe, the stopwatch. And I swapped that for the timer because I use the timer way more than I use the stopwatch. That's okay. literally the only and, thing. That and I of moved. course, everybody moves stocks way off to the edge. Didn't it start way off in the edge? <laughs> it probably was. I can't. I don't even remember. I my uh, icons kind of now look a little bit like a uh, the profile of Mayor Quimby from The Simpsons. Not intentionally. <laughs> it's just what happened. That's a good Mine choice, is though. Almost perfectly hexagonal. But then hexagonal. again, I don't have that many apps, mm-hmm. and they keep getting installed. Yeah, I got a weird. <laughs> I hate that. I gotta, um, I gotta. I gotta fix this mess right now. <laughs> Well, and I don't know. Glances is not glances is not the answer because, as we discussed last week, like scrolling through a list of no. glances is absurd and does not it does not scale either. I mean, right. agreed. I I went through and removed a few because I was already annoyed. But like, I like the idea of them having a quick look at you know this or that. And there are certain things that are much easier to actually uh, get at there. For example, like if you want to get your heart rate, I think that's the only place to get it just without From actually glance, like, starting glances. a workout. 
right? Yeah, there, there's yeah. no other way to access that, so right. that's a little ridiculous. Um, the weather glance, you know, not not particularly useful because like anything that's got a complication in some ways is more useful to have there, and sometimes you don't need it like duplicated in glances. But I don't know, it's it's weird. I agree. I don't know what the alternative there. The fact that like the 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 screen that lets you turn into airplay mode or do not disturb or mute is a glance is kind of weird because i don't know it's like, like control center almost but not right, exactly that one to me is just reminiscent of control center i wish i could i i kind of wish that glances would always revert back to my back my first leftmost glance after yeah. a while because well, then you'd be paying, anchored somewhere right right yeah because when i come back to a glance it's like oh that's right i was looking at my i don't know heart rate <laughs> right but you're six you're six glances in and you're like yeah. uh where it's is annoying. that other glance there's uh, no there's no there's no geography to it which is a little weird and although it's obvious it did it, i didn't think of it until i did it in action i was on an airplane with the watch and i had to go into airplane mode and so i was on the watch first i'm like okay let me put the watch in airplane mode and then i was like now let me go over to my phone and put it in airplane mode but it already was because the watch did it mirroring goes both ways as it turns out yeah i actually learned something or you know there you can mirror a bunch of the notifications from the built-in apps uh, and I learned or figured out sort of today that, oh, I actually wanted a different notification because I, I get VIP notifications on my phone for when I get mail from VIPs and, but it doesn't buzz cause I hate that. I just get, I get enough email that it would just be buzzing constantly. So it pops up on the lock screen, but it just doesn't buzz. And so I realized, oh, but I actually want to be notified on the watch when I get a, a buzz, you know, or when I get a VIP mail. So I had to go in and like custom and then switch it over and turn the haptics on specifically for vip mail so that was it was an interesting thing because i just default like set up everything to be to be mirrored because i figured oh yeah i just want the same exact notifications that i have on my phone on my no. watch and i think it's not exactly the same. well i turn off most yeah. of them but yeah i don't get email notifications at all because i don't <laughs> that's that's why you never respond yeah. to my emails well that's why you never send me any <laughs> Touché. it's a vicious it's a vicious cycle I wish the Gmail still supported push email for iOS users, which it does not, because I don't want to use any other app. And uh, so I, I get email notifications on my watch like 15 minutes after the email showed up when the watch pulls them <laughs> or when yeah. the phone pulls them and then the watch notices. Yeah. That's annoying. But, uh, well, I don't know. I just use normal. I use iCloud mail. iCloud. Yeah, that's, that's basically Yeah. <laughs> you know what doesn't make me make guttural sounds of distaste? I'll tell you what doesn't make me make guttural sounds of distaste. And that's brand new advertiser to the show, Dashlane. Today's episode is sponsored by Dashlane, a password manager that has already helped over 2 million users online. If you're like me or Dan or John Moltz, you have too many passwords. You forget which password you use on which site. You spend way too many times clicking on that forgot password button. And the worst is when you're on the go, there's no way to remember all those passwords. But... Now there's a password manager called Dashlane that you can use. They gave me a trial, and I have been using it, and I like it. With Dashlane, you will never forget another password. It is that simple. They're secured on all your devices, and they are always up to date in one place. And because Dashlane works on your computer and your phone, your passwords are always with you wherever you go. Dashlane even helps by filling the passwords out for you online with you know browser extensions. It can use complex passwords with numbers and symbols, and you don't have to type them or tap them out on your touch devices. And you can get into your accounts automatically, saving all kinds of valuable time. And here's the fun part. It's free. Yes, Dashlane is free. Rebound's listeners can download Dashlane for free if you go to dashlane.com slash rebound right now. 
So again, you're going to go to dashlane.com slash rebound. Never forget another password. Uh, I know you're familiar with other apps that do this. Dashlane's approach is really nice. It's really slick. I have been very impressed with how the app works on my Mac, how it works on iOS. So check it out. It's dashlane.com slash rebound. That's D-A-S-H-L-A-N-E dot com slash rebound. Again, it's free. So you'd be crazy not to check it out uh, because passwords stink. And this is a way not <laughs> to have passwords stink. So there you go. Check them out. Our thanks to Dashlane for supporting rebound. Again, go to dashlane.com slash rebound and uh, you won't be sorry. Uh, I was going to ask you guys if uh, anybody, have you found yourself stopped a lot and asked about the Apple watch by people that you are talking like you run into or, or are you know, yes. Con- conversating with, I don't even know. <laughs> we, if that's we went out to dinner. <laughs> Dan's inventing all kind of new words. Today. It's possible I'm having a very slow stroke. <laughs> we went out to uh, the hibachi restaurant to celebrate my wife and her brother's birthdays. <laughs> Sorry, I'm picturing the hibachi chef doing some funny things with your Apple Watch. <laughs> Flip, hey, it's on the grill. Hey, oh, no. we were actually that's on okay. the non-hibachi side, but still, it was the ah, hibachi restaurant. Boo. And my father-in-law asked to see it. Fine, but as I'm showing him, the waitress who spoke pretty much no english like we ordered by pointing the waitress rushes over to watch the demo like she doesn't say anything or anything but she just comes and, and you know just squats down and stares at my watch as i'm showing my father-in-law <laughs> and it was really awkward and hilarious. Uh... and she you know she made sounds of impressedness i'm gonna do more in style words wow. but she made sounds like ooh, mm. and so she liked it and it was it was hilarious but that was one of many times every single person at tsa asked about it i did not use it to uh, check into flights though i have a lot of people who don't notice it and i think that's one of the nice things about it is that yeah. it is unobtrusive um and so i do a couple like i went in <laughs> as always this is always a good story but i went into the doctor's office yesterday <laughs> Um, cause I was having, uh, my shoulder looked at, I have some shoulder problems. And so I'm talking to the guy and he's like, Oh, what do you do? I'm like, well, I'm a writer. I write about technology or anything in particular. Oh, Apple. Oh, what do you think of the, and of course he called it an iWatch. And I just sort of like raised my hand. I was like, Oh, I got one here. It's like, Oh, and his eyes lit up. He's like, Oh, you've got one. What do you think? Has it changed your life? <laughs> it's like, this is an awkward conversation to be, Insufficiently. Had, to be, to be having with someone who's supposed to be fixing part of me. He said, he said, I think I've located your shoulder problem. <laughs> um so all that extra weight but i'm never sure how to answer when people are like has it has you have you found is has it changed the way that you you know your behavior has it changed the way that your your life you know you interact with technology and it's like it's it's still early i think that's the big thing is it's still early enough that it's something that is novel and i want to play with it at times like oh what am i what can i do something right now like should i be doing something how is this going to react it hasn't yet sort of faded into the background and become just something yeah. that I have, and so it's hard to really figure out whether or not it is a game changer or it is still just like a like a gadget. Here are the two questions I don't like. Number one is, well, do you need it? Because well, I mean, I have it, so no, I don't need it, but I like it. And then the question that I really don't like and that I'm struggling to answer is, well, how much is that thing anyway? Because what I want to say is, like, yeah. well, you can get them for this price, and I paid this much because I'm an asshole. Um, but you can get this one instead, and it's less. But I don't want to get into all that. And so it's like, shut up. I'm going to point at your pants and ask you how much you paid for those. Are those Here's from Target? My... <laughs> Here's my income statement. Do you need those pants? So that's the question I hate. Society <laughs> demands that I have these pants. Well, and I get people who are like, yeah, I don't, I'm not going to really spend 400 bucks on a watch. I don't think that's that's something I would do. And it's like, well, that's fair. I mean, like, I did, I had never bought a watch this expensive before that. But that said, again, as we've discussed prior, there's plenty of people who spent way more than $400 on right. a watch. So right. 
I don't think that it's ridiculous to to think about that. Like it, it does everything a nice watch does, and a whole lot more stuff. So yeah. I feel like it's, pretty it's like good yeah, deal. right. That's the thing. It's like you haven't spent that much on a watch, but this is not. I mean, it, yeah, it does a it it will act as a watch, but it also does a bunch of other things too. Yeah. So I and I agree with um. I think Gruber's article from a few weeks ago was really good. They're like, look, this is not a necessity. It is a thing right. that you get because you're kind of you're you're a nerd or whatever you're interested in. You you think it's like a cool gadgety thing. It's because it's fun because you want one, right? And like, I think that's a that's a perfect point. It's like, yeah, okay, I don't need an Apple Watch, but I want one, and it's not something that is like I'm not paying ten thousand dollars for the fancy gold one. So I I don't feel like this is this is that big a deal, you know, in terms of price paid for something that i was interested in getting i mean it's you know worked out about the same as a phone under contract or as my xbox or whatever so it's like yeah there you go it's a gadget i don't have a very good demo (laughs) yeah i've noticed people are like like, show me something you can do show me something you know like uh flipper uh, (laughs) finally like the the heartbeat thing is the one thing that i find that yeah people kind of go oh as if that's like <laughs> well i showed the activity thing off that actually i think is interesting to some people like i was at yeah. a family event and so i was showing it to my cousin and my aunt and i was like oh you can do this you can like look at your activity it tracks how much you walk in a day and like all these and i'm sort of flipping through shows you the weather and and you know they they kind of dug it i think my aunt who is fairly not like a like a big technophile she has an ipad but like not really in, you know they had like an old dell laptop for years that was their only computer uh and but she was like oh it's that's really interesting like it's kind of neat that you can do all these things and and so she you know it's interesting to me that i do think there are people who are not technical people who find it intriguing my demo is look at my watch face and its complications and see how they're tappable and then look i can also use a different watch face like here's mickey mouse and that yeah, gets a mickey, lot of mickey mouse works well oh, yeah. and then if it's somebody who i know i send them a text message from the watch and so oh, that's that's nice. the demo well i said the uh, the notification so like one of my cousins asked to wear it for a bit and i was like oh yeah and then she was like sending her like texts to me so she could like test the watch notifications and right. she thought that was really cool um i showed her like the sketching things yep um yeah, so I think I think that was that's that the sketching things again, as we've all agreed, feel like a novelty, but they also do make a, de- a decent demo at times. Right? right. The good news is, um, I know you guys were worried about this. I did now turn off noises on the phone on the oh. watch. So I now, was our long national nightmare is now was, come yeah, to an end. I can I'll finally sleep easier. <laughs> I the things I've been thinking about for watch two point are. It seems clear to me that, or whatever, even like a before the 2.0 OS update, it seems clear to me that they're going to have to do something so that notifications aren't assholes, meaning I'm <laughs> using the watch to do something. And it's not like you use the watch all that much, right? Even if you're a heavy user, it's probably, what, 30 minutes total that you've spent touching your watch in the day. <laughs> um, and the number of times that I'm interrupted by some other notification taking over the screen while I'm mm. trying to do something is way too high. Um, so do you, like, are you, are there tasks you are so involved in? Like, cause you know, I think in, that, that could be really distracting on a device where you are, I mean, like back in the old, uh, iOS days when the, uh, alerts were modal and you were like, oh, I'm typing an email. Um, are there things that you are like are sufficiently involved tr- tasks where you're not just like glancing at something or looking at getting data where 
where that sort of breaks your flow? Um, well, so no, it's like if I'm sending a, a Slack message or a text message, so um, dictating or I'm reading something from somebody else or getting ready to write a message, it's that kind of thing. And so I'm working on that and then uh, a notification pops up and it's distracting me from what I was trying to do. Like just now, I wanted to send you and Moltz blue animated hearts because I learned today that with the animated emojis, you, you can, can tap force yeah. touch and change their colors. Yeah. And... Um, in the middle, I got a notification. So it was like, it went away and I had to start again. I don't like that. So they got to fix yeah, that stuff that, yeah, I, I think that's the, probably the only place where it comes in. It's really an issue is if you're composing something. Yeah. But so fix it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and also, I mean, like the interactions could all be smoother too. Right. I mean, it, there's, there's some lag. Yeah. There's some lag in swiping. Sometimes there's lag in like launching an app. It's clearly, you know, sacrifices had to be made to get, and it's it's crazy impressive. You look at, uh, I can't remember which company did the, not just the teardown, but the, like, opened up the S1 chip um, and looked at all the stuff that was packed in there. Uh, I think there were, I think I linked to it on Six Colors, um, but it's, it's insane. I mean, you look at the thing that they fit on this tiny little board, and then you realize not only is that all fit in the watch, but it's not even the bulk of the watch, because the bulk of the watch is like the battery. Right. So all the stuff they cram into this tiny little chip. And so you got to figure, well, the processor on there is is obviously limited in terms of how powerful it can be. And that means that in a lot of those places, launching apps is going to be slow. There's not that much RAM either, probably. So that's going to be slow. Plus everything that really the biggest issue is, I'm guessing, everything that relies on network connections, it has to go to the watch for most of the time or for the to the phone. Right. So all of those things are going to slow it down a bit. Uh, so let me ask you this. Sure. My, I think it's pretty clear to me that the next, uh, iOS devices, the next round of iPhones and iPads will have force touch on them since they can fit it into something as thin as the watch I or bet the, the trackpad. phone will, the iPad, I feel like might take longer. I don't know the larger screen size. I wonder about how that, how and that the, affects it. And so what I want to know is since they can do the force touch and they can make you feel like it's clicking, like on the trackpad, you can feel like it's clicking wherever you are. Can they get the haptics nuanced enough that you could finally have some tactile feedback when you're typing the way that hmm. they're implementing it? Because, I mean, I think that there's at least one crappy BlackBerry that does that, or although it might have that haptic feedback everywhere on the device. But if they could, if they can get the haptics to where you can feel it on the keyboard, then I feel like they could get it eventually that developers could use it too. So you could, uh, you could feel the stuff on the screen as you're interacting with games or whatever, and that could be fun. But I think, I think it's coming. I think it's possible. I don't know how good, like, the, I don't know how addressable the Taptic engine is where you, I mean, I guess that's an issue of like vibration, right? Like if you click in one place and then force press in one place, is it, does it need to be like able to address like a specific area or does sort of an overall vibration take, you know, make it feel like you're pressing in that area? Like that whole sort of tactile illusion thing that the trackpad does where it's like, yes, it feels like it's clicking. It is not actually clicking, but it feels like it's clicking. Um, I, I don't know. It seems I, I definitely think it'll be in there and I definitely am getting more used to using it. I think the like the first few days when you're trying to figure out how to do it, it takes a little, you know, there's definitely some muscle memory in there. Um, and I think they would open it up to developers eventually just because the possibility of adding this whole nother dimension to apps seems too attractive to to turn down. Speaking of this, though, just like, I mean, just like Siri. Yeah, <laughs> just like Siri. Um, I was going to say, speaking of the tactile stuff, they there's the rumor out this week that the next remote for the next Apple TV would have haptic feedback of some sort. 
Um, I don't yeah. know if you guys believe that. It seems potentially plausible to me uh, because <laughs> it feels like it, that's, you know, it's a technology they've invested a lot of money in. It's a big problem with remotes that don't have, you know, like you try, you try to use your smartphone as a remote for like a TV or something. It's really irritating. Yeah. Um, yes. So having tactile feedback on that, even if it's sort of fake, right. you know, created tactile feedback seems like a good way to both get the power that you can get with something like a touchpad but also get the advantages that you would get with like physical controls. And that's, that's a step away from where it is right now though. Cause yes. right now they can do the feedback. That was your point. You can get the feedback when you're pressing, but you want to get it also just when you're touching the screen. Right. Or like moving in a direction or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, swiping upwards, swiping backwards or something like that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I think we all agree that the current Apple TV remote is terrible. <laughs> yes. Yes. No yes. argument. No, yeah, there's no disagreement. Yeah. Um, I have been using my Fire TV a lot recently, and I think that this remote is better in some ways. Um, I actually do like, I've kind of grown on the fact that it's Bluetooth, even though I hate that that means I can't use it with my Logitech Harmony Universal remote, because the Bluetooth things means that you can use it wherever you are. Like, it's there's no range. The range limitation is not line of sight, which is nice at times. Um and it's it's a well designed remote. It's kind of it's larger than the than the Apple remote by far, but it feels better in the hand, and it's got the voice integration stuff, which is cool. Well, I really like the remote app on the watch. Me too. I mean, that's like you just you know I just sit down on the couch and you know, I can never find the the dinky crappy Apple remote that's almost always out of battery power. So. You know, I just sit down on the couch and I don't want to like, you know, do that thing where you have to straighten your body out to get the watch out of your pocket. So I just use the app on the watch and it's like it's so much easier. And it seems I mean, it seems to connect better, too. Like I always have like often I have connection problems with the app on my phone getting to because the, the place where our Apple TV is, is like diagonally across the house from where the uh, the router is where the ba- airport base station is. So I think that probably has something to do with it. But for some reason, the watch app seems to do better, at least to, you know, in the week that I've had it. I, I don't, I don't have been using the Apple TV as much, so I haven't got as many opportunities to try the, the remote app. Although I have used it also to control iTunes playing on my Mac or something, which is also kind of handy. It does. It is sometimes a little bit slow to just find clients and let me connect to them. But once it works, once it's connected, it seems like it works pretty well. Um, and it does seem slightly more reliable, but yeah, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's an interesting idea. I don't use my Apple TV enough right now that it's, I found it like a huge improvement because I've been using the fire TV a lot, but the Apple TV is right now in my house. It's a dedicated madman watching machine because we had a season pass <laughs> a long time ago. Um, and it's so annoying because we so rarely use it now. You just you only switch to it for that one show and it's a pain. Yeah, I think I switched to it for HBO Go and for watching Game of Thrones and that was it. It's all it's all we have. <laughs> Ours the, the is basically all TV we have. doesn't do it? It doesn't do HBO Go? Uh, if it does, I just haven't installed and set it up. Uh, it'd be surprising, right? Since Amazon has access to those HBO shows even. So it seems like I would assume friendly. it does. I, it's possible I've just been lazy. <laughs> Unlazy yourself. But listen, are you guys sitting down? No. no. Good. <laughs> you Get will ready be. to fall. I'm about to tell you about Aspiration. They were here last week too. So welcome back, Aspiration. Aspiration is a different kind of financial firm. Their idea is pretty simple. 
Take everything you don't like about investing and do the opposite. Traditional Wall Street firms work for mostly millionaires. At Aspiration, their investment strategies are built for the middle class. Signing up takes as little as 500 bucks and five minutes of your time. At Aspiration, you choose the fee you pay them, even if that's zero. They don't make a cent other than what you decide they deserve. That means you know they're committed to working for you. And Aspiration is literally the most charitable financial firm in America. They donate 10 cents of every dollar their company makes to microloans for struggling Americans working to build a better life. Fox Business News says Aspiration is shaking things up for Wall Street. And I think we can all agree that industry needs some shaking up. Check them out and sign up right now. Don't wait. Don't listen to the rest of the show. Sign up. You can do both at the same time. Aspiration.com slash rebound. Again, it's aspiration.com slash rebound. Aspiration's motto is do well and do good. And isn't it time a financial firm was built on helping us do a little more of both? Again, it's aspiration.com slash rebound. It's a very cool company. You should check it out. Past performance is not indicative of future returns. There's no guarantee that any investment product will achieve its objective, generate profits, or avoid losses. Investing involves risk of loss, and alternative investments may not be suitable for everyone. Before investing, consider your investment objectives. Might not get rich. (laughs) (laughs) So I will clarify. HBO Go is on the Fire TV unless you are a Comcast subscriber, which I am. Ooh, that sucks. Yeah, so this raises an interesting point, which is that there's a lot of rumor out there uh, about Apple TV, the subscription service, which we've talked about a little bit before. Uh, and it, but it seems to be intensifying. I think, I think we're all expecting to see some sort of Apple TV announcement at WWC. Does that seem fair? Yes. Hope so. Um, yeah, I've been expecting, you know, I've been waiting for it for like two years now. So need to wait a little longer, John, wait a little longer. <laughs> Do you need to call Tim Cook and be like, yeah, bro, well, what's up, bro? Here's my heartbeat. <laughs> Where's the new Apple TV? Let me, I'll just click on that button and, uh, yeah. scroll to Tim Cook. <laughs> Well, that'll, so I, that'll happen. Do we? I don't know. I, so I wrote about this a little bit for in a piece for uh, uh, MacWorld last week, um, and I think what? that the curiosity. What? <laughs> my Welcome curi- back. Yeah, it's good to be back. Your uh, dreams my, were your ticket out. We're no longer the rebound. <laughs> now we're the dumpy. <laughs> but, but my question about this is: we've seen Apple's been trying to, you know, basically get in on the living room TV fight for almost ten years now, and. The whole TV system that they currently have set up seems pretty bad. I'm going to say that. Uh, I've bought a few things, a few TV shows, uh, mostly episodes from here and there, once in a while a season of a of a show, but very rarely. In the, I mean, the last 10 years, I've maybe bought two to three seasons of shows. Uh, and that's I feel like that's mm. because that is a terrible way to consume television because – you don't want to own TV for the most part. I think I a lot of people are much. You're, you're a weirdo. I, uh, <laughs> well, there most, there are some shows that I watch repeatedly, uh, so I buy those shows, and then the other ones I watch on Hulu. Yeah, I, and I watch the majority of shows that I watch on Hulu uh, or on the you know in the network's own site if they if they don't offer it through yeah, Hulu. We, I mean, we've had this conversation before, but like, Fine. I, will, I, I often, what happens is I will start watching a show and then I will try and get my wife into watching it. Um, so I'm like her filter. <laughs> so the problem, and the problem with Hulu is like, I'll get halfway through a season and think, mm-hmm. oh, I think she'll like this. And then you can't, you can't go back to the beginning with Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. So Just steal it though, John. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't so say that. So now that, that we're not... getting to the real reason you're not buying any TV. <laughs> 
Yeah, but I pay Hulu for a monthly fee, and I and I watch a bunch of stuff on there, and you know I pay Netflix, and uh, <laughs> I think I pay, have Amazon Prime, you know. So I have at least like three different streaming services, um, and I think the biggest annoyance with them, as you're you're totally right, is that the catalog is such a. It's like being it's like building your your house on quicksand. It's like oh yeah, I really like this right. show. Up oh, that show's totally yeah, gone. Too bad. Oh well, yeah. Um, which doesn't happen, it seems to me, with things like music, right? It's much rarer. It does happen. You know, artists do pull their songs from various right. services, but it's not like there's a revolving door of like, oh, sorry, this month there's no Johnny Cash on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Whatever. See you later. You know, and I think that it's, I don't know, it's a weird, as TV moves increasingly online, it's very weird for them to have these these windows of things. Um, because I guess, so is that their, their plan? They're like, okay, so we rotate out the, you know, the first 10 episodes of this, this season of this show so that people will only have the opportunity to go and and buy it from other services. I feel like that's a terrible plan. I don't, I don't feel like there's, yeah. I mean, I, if there's, if there's some master plan for this stuff, I don't, I can't even, (laughs) I cannot fathom some things are beyond human ken, I believe. Yes. I understand the desire to squeeze as much money from people as possible, but I think the chances of people who are just be like, (laughs) the chances that people just be like, screw you. I don't, I'm not going to watch your show now is probably much higher. (laughs) Or I'm going to wait till it gets on Netflix or something. Yeah, I guess, but (laughs) we just got a new TiVo. And yeah, it's the TiVo Romeo, and it can record six <laughs> shows at once, and I get like six channels, so that's perfect. And, and, <laughs> Just recording it, um, everything. Uh, it, so they change the season pass to a one pass, which means that it'll also try to gather shows from the paid services that you subscribe to. So if you have Hulu Plus or Amazon or Netflix, and it can see that the show is there too, it'll pull in other episodes from there and link them all in one place. Um. And so that's been good, but when but switch, it doesn't, but it does does not record them, right? It doesn't record the ones that are from streaming services. Yes, it just yeah. it acts as if they're recorded. So you press it, and it switches to the right app and starts playing. Yeah, for right, you. right. But if but, but if they take it off that streaming service, it's gone. exactly exactly. Yeah. But so what was annoying was just in the switching of the TiVos, the ceremonial swapping of the TiVos, we. Uh, Basically, we missed two shows that we would have recorded, no knowing it was going to happen, and it still can't connect to like on demand. So there are many free and legal ways to watch like these two episodes of these two shows that we missed, Agents of Shield and something else. But there's no convenient way to do it through the TiVo. The TiVo doesn't see on demand because the cable company won't let it, and none of those shows are available streaming on any of the streaming <laughs> services that we use, so it can't see them there. Uh, and it's a giant pain. So it's like, well, what are we going to do? Am I going to switch the inputs to the cable box and watch it on demand from there using just the TV's built-in speakers? No, I'm going to download it and put it on freaking Roku so we can watch it there. <laughs> so screw you, content creating. Companies. I have I have found um in you know since we're all being open, I have found in downloading <laughs> some stuff some stuff that the that the quality is not great. Um I there's have not a, found there's that. there's well that the so Karen was going back and getting into um uh Arrow and I had watched this current season on Hulu and was so we had she was going through the first season, went through the second season, then caught up and was ready for the third season. And of course the beginning wasn't on Hulu. So I had to get it some other way. So I was like, okay, I'll try and get it the nefarious way. And the sound, the sounds like the, like the loud sounds were super loud and the quiet stuff was super quiet. And so I eventually I was just like, this is, this is terrible. I can't even like, I'm, I'm sitting here with the, with the remote going up and down as things happen 
So I just eventually I just bought it on on iTunes. I have had stuff like that happen because, you know, you're you're by necessity dealing with people basically ripping these shows, right? And so your quality is going to be very hit or miss. Um, and this is this is the opportunity, right? Because this is the same thing. This is the same situation we were in when the iTunes store originally came out, which is to say people were sharing music. A lot of it was bad because it was imported badly or because it was, you know, uh, scratch CDs, badly tagged metadata, all this stuff. And it was inconvenient, right? right? Like, you know, the whole point of the whole problem with piracy is that, yeah, okay, you can get a lot of stuff for free, but the the amount of time you spend digging around trying to find stuff and trying to find the, you know, what you're looking for and a good version of it is just ridiculous. And, you know, paying for the songs on iTunes ended up being a better, just a better deal. Uh, And it let you assuage your moral guilt over stealing things whatever so <laughs> whatever well so i feel like that's where tv is right now it's like it's it's moved much closer to that itunes store era mm-hmm. of people being like i'm just going to stream my stuff online because it's easier and it's it's legit right but it's not a hundred percent there yet and part of it is because not uh, the, the tv community is so fragmented that not all the networks are taking equal approaches right some take very good approaches and i think and make a lot of stuff available and some take approaches where they're like oh we're gonna make this as hard for you as possible yeah. uh and until that sort of evens out and i think that's where a potential apple tv service could be really interesting is if it can actually even out that experience and be like guys people will watch this stuff and pay for it if you can just make it available in a form that's reasonable and where you're not making them jump through so many hoops that they just get annoyed and give up yeah the price some of the prices are bizarre like it's like the first episode the first season of flash in hd was like 30 dollars, but the the current season of arrow was like 50 yeah i mean i mean i guess they're trying to get you in at the beginning but it's just like but it's the same number of episodes so it's it's like same yeah it's it's ridiculous nuts so i ended up buying arrow in standard definition which was you know was all right Um, at least the sound quality was fine yeah i the pricing of tv shows on from both amazon and apple is so weird it's It's wrong it's not wasn't wasn't there a time when some of the episodes were like a dollar i don't think so early on no, okay. I think I right. think it think was almost always been two. a buck ninety nine, yeah. and and I think that's it's weird, right? Because like I don't want to be the person who's like, oh, two dollars too much to pay for a TV show, but there is, uh, you know, there's a different, there is a price threshold for for most things. And right? It would be true. It would be if you only watched one episode of a show and then we're done. Yes, then sure, yes. it makes sense. But people but who week. want to buy TV want to buy a season, and when you're going right. to be able to buy the DVD for like fifteen dollars for the whole season, to pay twenty four or thirty dollars for the season is crazy. It's crazy, right? And I, you know, I feel like so you know, you go on your rent a movie from amazon or, or itunes these days and it's it's usually about what five bucks and it's like eh, i'll pay five bucks to rent a movie in part because i don't rent that many movies and i watch a lot of stuff on netflix um but it's like every once in a while when there's a movie i want to watch that isn't out on netflix yet uh i'll rent a movie from itunes for i feel five, i feel like five dollars is a good like that's a good price point because it feels like something like it's cheaper than going to the movies like it's you know, obviously you know if stuff that's already been out in theaters and it's like five dollars for two and a half hours of you know of a thing that yeah. I'm going to watch once. Yeah, that's that's right. totally a good value proposition for me. Yeah. But I agree that the the problem is not only do you want to watch multiple shows, but when you want to watch multiple episodes of like various shows, 
the amount of money you're spending quickly gets ridiculous. Yeah. And that's why the bundle things, the ideas of things behind like Sling TV well, seem like they make more sense. The worst, the worst value is comic books because it's like the, <laughs> the Marvel stuff and DC is actually oh, cheaper because, because they don't have um, unlimited. But the Marvel stuff is like four bucks a pop and they, you know, it takes you 15 minutes to read. Yeah. It's four or five bucks like, for an issue. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just, I'm most almost exclusively doing unlimited, but now they're, now they're blowing the universe up this, this summer. So I'm like, Oh, I got, I got to wait six months to figure out what happens. Well, and I think that's another place where value proposition is because, you know, I, I don't know, even back in the day when I used to buy paper, you know, single issues of comics, you'd go into the comic book store and you'd buy like, 10 issues of, of yeah. various comics and then you'd like read half of them on the on, for me on the subway ride home right and it's like how much money did i just spend i mean because the, 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 you know the, the the sort of fake conceit back then was that <laughs> that you would you would you would sell them someday and make a ridiculous oh, profit right, sure you know, which, you I, know, i'm gonna sell nobody, my digital uh, tv nobody, files though yeah <laughs> uh well and that's the other thing i think that comes into here interestingly as a value proposition which is storing stuff Yes, storage is cheap, but when you buy stuff, it's like, I don't... So the reason I don't buy DVDs of TV shows anymore is because I just don't want the DVDs lying around. Like, I just... Mm -hmm. I don't want more crap. And so... But the same thing sort of applies for buying digital TV shows where I have to download the episodes. Because it's like, I I don't want to have to worry about files. Like, yeah, it's nice to have them on occasion if I'm going to be traveling and I want to download something so I can watch it on the go where I don't have a network connection. Um, but you know, I just want to be able to like open up a giant catalog of things and be like, I want to watch this thing right now. Boop done. And, you know, having to sort of make the dance of, you know, okay, I'm having now I bought this TV show and I was going to download this TV show <laughs> and I, I don't want to store this copy of this TV show. And, and, you know, Apple has gotten better about letting you sort of retrieve stuff from the cloud yeah, you don't now. Have to. But that was a problem in the early days when all they did was sell TV shows because the whole idea of managing those files was a little bit, a little bit ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Glad I'm glad yeah. we solved that. <laughs> <laughs> I, to, I mean, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of different issues be, with management and streaming and stuff like that. But the, but the worst the worst thing of all of this is the the, con, the contracts. Well, the contracts with the the cable companies that restrict. Yes. You know, well, that's clearly the, the last that, gasp of a dying industry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I feel like if we can get over that hump it will all just like at least get so much better that it's going to be right. And I will be talking about it a lot less. I want that to be the, the thing that Apple, you know, sort of points out. I like, that's where I feel like Apple could inject some sanity in the way that they did with the music industry and be like, look, the stuff is eating your lunch. You know, you can still get in on it if you make the right decision and make this easier for your customers. Yeah. Although Apple's recent behavior with music hasn't looked so great from the outside looking in. So you're talking about the Beats music, right. Spotify. The, the, the report is that the, as the Department of Justice or somebody else is looking into Apple, apparently, allegedly, reportedly, pressuring um, music labels to stop letting Spotify, et cetera, stream music for free. Yeah. <laughs> and so yeah. well, it's Apple yeah. being dicks. <laughs> we want to we sell a subscription and we can't do it if, right. <laughs> if they can get it for free. You know that thing you're giving away? What if instead you make people pay for uh, it? It's, I mean, it's a reasonable... Um, concept, but I mean, don't be jerks. Don't make everybody hate you, Apple. That's the point. Yeah, I, I guess I don't entirely understand. So I only use Spotify occasionally, and so you can pay for it, but you, it's like get rid of ads, essentially, right? Yeah. And so, because I, I listen occasionally, and they inject ads every you know ten minutes or something like that, which is annoying. I don't love it, but I also don't use Spotify enough that it's 
that I'm going to pay for the premium service. So is Apple, the suggestion here being that Apple only wants a service that people will pay for rather than offering free. Cause I feel like they tried that with iTunes radio, right? They had ads. Right. Um, if you didn't, if you weren't like an iTunes match subscriber, I think, which is also kind of weird, but I, that's fine. I was an iTunes match subscriber, so I'd never heard any ads on iTunes radio. Right. Um, but it seemed, I feel like maybe that just, that didn't do very well. Like their advertising history is not great. Yeah. Well, it didn't seem in the ad, I don't remember what the ads were, but they seemed like they were not it's probably Squarespace. Like, <laughs> well, no square. I mean, Squarespace is actually pretty. I mean, they were big time. They're they're big time advertising. I now. poke gentle fun at Squarespace. Yes. Huh? Yeah, but I mean, it seemed like they were definitely like second tier. Yeah, not like Squarespace is what. Not I'm like Squarespace exactly. You're right. Totally, we all agree. Thanks, Squarespace. <laughs> <laughs> this would be a great time for an ad for Squarespace. I have nothing to contribute to this conversation. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but I guess we can't really talk about advertising, can we? Under under pain of death, you can talk about whatever you want. I'm, I'm I'll listen and learn. No, but you're right. I, like, okay, so here. Okay, well, uh, here's my one thing about the uh, the iPad Pro. <laughs> I, I actually just to change this, change, slightly change the subject. Getting topic whiplash. Slightly, John. yeah, yeah. Take it easy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tie it back together. Um, okay. I actually think I might want one to watch television shows what? or to watch to watch media. Don't you have a TV? I do have a TV, but I find I'm often well, like we, I don't have a, a way to watch the television just for myself. So if I'm watching TV, everyone's watching what I'm watching. Do not. And, and you, you have an iPad, don't you? That's what. I, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Wait, I'm so confused right now. No, you I, what don't I mean have is, a way. So, so what I end up doing is using my iPad. Okay, and it's just not big enough for you. Is that your complaint? That's that's what I'm saying. I would like, or I would just like a bigger one. That would be kind of. I think that would be kind of cool for that for that particular purpose. I know, but that's like I feel like that. I don't know. And it's not for me because I think the trade offs of having the larger iPad for every other purpose is worse. <laughs> Well, I'm going to have like nine devices. Is what I'm <laughs> I just want to be able to watch Netflix on my watch. And, and I'm going to control the iPad with my watch. You can, actually. So here's how it works, Lex. I've got this. Here's a life hack for you. Um, you download a show. You split it into its composite frames. Then you import that into photos. Favorite all of those. Watch it on your watch and just flip through them really fast. Oh, that's good. Yeah, use the digital crown to go through them while yeah. you play it on another device. Oh, my God. This is an app that someone... Oh if there's, someone has not already made a flipbook-style app, I can only imagine that it's coming or we should do it yeah let's not Ugh. presenting the rebounds flipbook <laughs> um last thing before we probably wrap up uh third-party watch bands oh yeah so there's a new developer site from apple that says you can all right here's how to make third-party watch bands the one thing that i noted as i flipped through it is you cannot make you can't use magnetic chargers as part of the bands, but people are all up in our, you know, up in arms, but excited about the possibility of this diagnostic port that they think could be used to charge things. Uh-huh. Uh, and I, I'm kind of skeptical. I feel like yeah. if Apple, or you know, if Apple's not going to let you use chargers for like the magnetic charging thing, I can't imagine that they're going to be thrilled about you like using their diagnostic port I, no. to, to start doing stuff. What I would I love to it. know is why they're saying don't do that. Like, the magnetic charger thing? Right. Like, I don't think, uh, as we've discussed last time, I don't actually have an issue with the battery life on this watch. But, like, I went away for an overnight trip and I had to take my watch charger. Had to. Because what if my watch stopped working when I was traveling? It would be horrible. And uh, if I had a battery charging watch band, I would probably have done that instead versus taking the charger. Uh, 
but I don't know. I, I just don't get why they would say, no, you can't do that right off the bat. Like clearly it supports it. It is possible and they don't want you to do it. It's weird. Like does Apple hate the whole third party battery case industry for iPhone? Because I wouldn't use my iPhone without it. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It seems like it seems like it'd be unwieldy for one thing. Because if you look at like the thickness and size of the Apple Watch charging cable, imagine like jamming that underneath your wrist. Uh, I feel like there might be some technological limitations, which would compromise the experience. Um, I get the idea of battery packs being useful. Yeah. Um, and I wholly agree with that. But I, it seems we, I, I also just don't know. Like having a battery pack hanging off your watch seems ridiculous <laughs> yeah i mean I, where where are you gonna put it well How no are you I, gonna... I was gonna i was imagining if somebody made it that it was gonna be the band itself was chargeable so it wasn't like something was gonna hang down but you have like a solid band of some sort that has a battery inside it yeah but i feel like that's just gonna be so much bulkier than your current band it just seems weird it seems weird it feels like you're gonna be wearing like a giant even like it's already it's not a huge watch we've all agreed on that but if there's one thing I could think of that would make it that much bigger, it's sticking a damn battery all over the band. No argument. I agree. <laughs> now, I don't want a battery case. I just don't want them to ban it. Like, if it's a bad idea, then let the market decide. That's all I'm saying. Oh, wow. Oh, look at oh, this. Let this the game. market decide. Oh, the invisible hand of capitalism. Yeah, it never, never fails. You ever tried to put a watch on the invisible hand of capitalism? <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Hey, Lex, you could have totally bought a uh, knockoff Milanese loop for 90 bucks. That's right. How about that, huh? That's fancy. I can't get this URL to load, but I'm sure that this third-party Milanese looks great. It does not. Yeah. The answer is no. <laughs>